My name is Fraser. My name is Mark. And we are the hosts of the Geekiest Show Alive. To the outside world, we're ordinary geeks. But in the Fab International Studios, we talk comics and find other geeks just like us. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week. You're on issue 21 with your regular hosts, Fraser and Mark. I'm Fraser. And I'm Mark. Hello. How's your week been, Mark? My week's been um, pretty normal. Pretty normal. And, and, and then Keith Flint died, and I was very miserable. And then Luke Perry as well. I mean, we're going to cover that in the news as well. It was very sad. It was a sad day. Really, yeah, it was a both in of, one day. It was uh, brutal. And then if you're a wrestling fan as well, King Kong Bundy as well. So it was, it was a and sad time. I know we're a comic book show, but we are on the radio. So um, I can talk about music very briefly. Yeah. Um, but I will, I'll do that when we have our... When we music have our section. music sections, but yeah, no, that wasn't expected. He was only forty nine, and yeah. yeah, it 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 knocked me a lot. But other than that, my week's been fine and a bit boring. Yeah, how about you? I've got a new like Saturday routine. Obviously, listen to the show back. Wow, <laughs> click it on and just. I had this nervous thing whenever like watch or listen to anything back that I do. Where I'm like, uh but I've also got this new Saturday routine of uh, so scrambled is a it's a TV program it's a TV like breakfast thing for children basically but they play Ultimate Spider Man and Teen Titans every Saturday morning and I've always missed it because I've always been working or whatever and uh, it, I've slowly been getting into this routine of just watching that and um, yeah so you are a ridiculous <laughs> man child for and if if you listen to the end last week. Um, you would have noticed that there was a extra song at the end, a post credits, a post credits song, and it's uh, some, only on the radio version, not the podcast version. And it's going to be something um, we probably will do quite a bit, uh, just like fun little bits. So if you missed it last week, oh, you definitely should go back and listen to. But it was from um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is a show I've been binging on Netflix. Unfortunately, I finished it, and it left me. The ending was nice. It was happy, quite emotional. I always cry. When they're beautiful shows like that end. Um, but yes, yeah, so basically it was a nice little fitting tribute to uh, Into the Spider-Verse winning. And it was like Spider-Man 2. I think the song's like Spider-Man 2, Too Many Spider-Verse, Too Many Spider-Men. And it came out obviously before the film, um, this episode. It was, it was based off, you know, the Spider-Man musical that was a big hit and miss and cost a load of money. Yeah, I remember that. That 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 could have been fantastic. <laughs> it could have been it, amazing, like, it, yeah. It, like, didn't it like really badly injure quite a lot of stuntmen yeah. and <laughs> so that was stuff. That's part of the um, bit in the TV series is that everyone gets injured. So that like the one of the main characters, Titus, is auditioning for that. So it's, it was. It's just a nice little bit of fun that we like to put in at the end. It's not you know going to connect our universe with other radio shows to make Easter one eggs and to stuff. make one continuous universe. It's just a nice little uh, Easter egg, but. That aside, we've got a very exciting show for you today. We've got a heap load of news, cool stuff on Polo Pass, trade off, and a new segment. So let's kick the show off with some news. I need photos of Spider Man. 
So, you know the sounds of J. Jonah Jameson, that it's time for the news on Geek of the Week. And we're going to start off with a load of trailers. You would have thought the Super Bowl was happening or something, but no. We got four trailers we're going to talk about. Two of them were Dark Phoenix. Um, one of, So, there was the main um, trailer that came out and the international trailer. Again, when they do this, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home did it recently... There's very little differences. Yeah, almost nothing. <laughs> I don't know why they bother. But, you know, we still watch them both because we are who we are. And I imagine True. you fellow geeks have watched them both when you found out those two of them as well. You're like, uh, oh, go yeah. on then. I've, I've had a bit of a Dark Phoenix um, nibble, and now I'm going to have even more. And then we had a Shazam trailer, and then we had a Hellboy trailer. Now we're going to start on the two Dark Phoenix trailers. Uh, what was your opinions of these Marcus, Mark. Well, don't call me Marcus. That's a terrible name. I don't want to be called that. It's not my name. <laughs> Good grief. Nothing wrong if your real name is Marcus, but my real name isn't Mark. Anyway, <laughs> I thought that Sophie Turner's acting is pretty amazing. She, she's... I, I, I think she's going to save this film if it's bad because she's such a good actor. I mean, I should hope so. She's it's the the film's basically about Well, you know her. you know what I mean. It's like though. on her back in it instead you know of being I mean? on instead of for a change instead of being on Hugh Jackman's back uh, like most of the uh, X-Men films are. It's, it's on here. Yeah, six time. Who's the who's the evil person? Is it White Queen? It's um I think it's Emma Frost. Yeah, White Queen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's she's cool. Had, she's had a load of different names. Yeah, so that, that, that was who I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. And when I looked at it on IMDb, it didn't confirm whether or not Emma Frost, White Queen, whatever you want to call her, that, that she was going to be in it. And so I'm, that's cool. I like that character a lot. I like how she's, I, I like how she's conflicted, and sometimes she's on the side with the X Men. Sometimes she's not. She's obviously not on their side in this particular <laughs> film. Of course. Um, yeah, because in the comics she takes over Charles Xavier's school. That's right. Movie. Yeah. I do feel it was a bit all of the plot is there trailer, yeah. which I know people I know <laughs> yeah. people criticise trailers for, you, well, you might as well not see the film. I felt it was a little bit like that. I know, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, Including a spoiler as well. Yeah, but, but I, I'm still going to see it. I'm just not desperately excited for it. You know what? That's my whole opinion of these like Fox films that are coming out, like this, like uh, Dark Phoenix. I'm just sort of like, uh, I'll probably see it if it if and when it comes out. This gives me more reason to believe that it is coming out. Um, Dark Phoenix is coming out, but we'll talk <laughs> about yeah, new yeah, mutants yeah, we'll later go, on. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll touch that bridge when we cr- uh, we'll come across that bridge when we cross it, but. Yeah, I will. Yeah, uh, just to reiterate your points, it's like the whole plot was there. You know, spoiler if you haven't seen the trailer and if you don't want to know for the film. But it made it very obvious that Mystique was dying, and that like, which is, I don't know. It sort of ra- it raises the stakes for the film, uh, but it's don't tell us who's dying. Let us know that she's killed someone, maybe, yeah. but don't tell us who. And like. The Jennifer Lawrence Mystique is one character they've been trying to push um, in this like series of the franchise. Purely, I think it's because of Jennifer Lawrence's star power. Like, say uh, say what you will about her, but like she is an incredible actress, and you know she's got that star power. There is an appeal there, um, audience appeal to Jennifer Lawrence's acting. They've they've got a hell of a cast, you know, James McAvoy, Nicholas Holt, yeah. and um, obviously Sophie Turner. Th- this film should be great. Yeah. And this the the trailer made me think that's going to be all right. 
it's it didn't it, make me like lose yeah. lose my it, yeah, it re- it reassured me for a bit because there was this, there was you know, there's been recent um, press screenings or like meet like there was a screening and it was like oh, Dark Phoenix isn't looking too good, and this, yeah, it just made me go okay, I will watch this, and it made me feel like not anxious about watching it or not worried about watching. It. I'm just like I'll just watch it, I'll enjoy it. It's probably going to be the last one until it's say, all in the MCU, so it's fine. If it's the last one, I really want it to be good. Yeah, and just knock I it out think of the park. it's going to be at least okay from yeah, seeing fingers, this trailer. Fingers crossed. And it is one of them things like you mentioned the cast. There is that disappointing thing with Oscar Isaac who played Apocalypse in the last one. That's a great actor, you know, he's he's recently been Poe. He was Spider-Man 2099. Um, he's obviously done other stuff as well, which he's been fantastic in. And then he came into this role with Apocalypse, and it just it let the side it let it down. Really, I think that that uh, the franchise, not just um, not him acting, obviously the front. Like you know, we had such a great film with Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse sort of like missed there. And I'm hoping that they just bring it back. I will say um, the one thing that let down Apocalypse was when they came to Earth. And I like that in this Dark Phoenix one, instead of like X Men Last Stand, which when they did the Dark Phoenix saga, that was very rooted on Earth. And in this one, in the international trailer, which was a big, um, big addition, um, probably the only addition, was they were in space and it showed her picking up the Phoenix Force. Mm. Again, we are getting this whole story in the trailers. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? But I, I do like that we're getting that space element because I think that's going to be. The crucial uh, feature of the film is how they handle the space, and yeah, I reckon that'll probably be the best part of the film. I assume they can't have the Shi'ar, though. I think Fox uh, Fox own anything that's um, featured. If it featured in X Men or F- um, Fantastic Four before it did Avengers, then they own it. Right. So they should be able to do. They should be able to. Whether they will do, Fox don't really go deep into comic book stuff no it's interesting isn't it because uh, obviously the Kree and the Skrulls yeah. are definitely MCU but the Shi'ar are oh Skrulls uh, Fox as well they have a deal like they do with um, Quicksilver where they can both use them because they were they were going to force gonna, they, they sound like Fantastic Four they were, property as well yeah Skrulls are yeah they yeah, were going to uh, it's all wibbly wobbly they were going to force um they were going to force the scrolls into this because they because they found out this is me speculating. They found out that Captain Marvel using scrolls was like, yeah, we're going to use scrolls as well in Dark Phoenix, but I don't think they will. Mm, it's interesting. It's interesting. If we get the super scroll, that'd be cool. But then it'd just be like the, the random Fantastic Four. Um, you know, the super scroll has got all the all four, four pa- powers yeah. of the uh, force. Just force him somehow. <laughs> nah. But yeah, what's so? Uh, yeah. That, I didn't that, feel strongly about it. No. I watched it. I was like, "Yeah, I watched that," but I didn't. It was a redeeming one, I think, for definitely just because of the all the negativity that's been around it. This is sort of like, "Don't worry, we have a chance." Mm. So there's a chance. I also love James McAvoy. I can't remember what he shouts. I don't know what to do. It's yeah, just... he was great. I mean, the, the thing is, James Probably McAvoy. Sat, he is... really sound like Patrick Stewart as well. Yeah. Well, having seen uh, Split recently. Yeah, James class, McAvoy yeah, is when he can... a master of of his art, and yeah, Switch, no yeah. wonder he sounds like 
Patrick Stewart because exactly, he's good yeah. at sounding like lots and lots, lots of different and lots people. Lots of people, but yeah, yeah. it's just a sound. He's just, brilliant. He's just so brilliant, isn't he? It's a soundbite I want to I want to use for the. Uh, <laughs> I want to just keep on my phone because you know whenever someone have just, it as your text alert. Well, whenever someone's just asking me something, I don't know what to do because I feel like in that situation a lot of the time when someone just asks me, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but. <laughs> It's just a relatable quote, really. Just keep it with me. So the next trailer we're going to talk about, again, another film that sort of revealed the whole film. Another trailer that revealed the whole film, Hellboy got a red band trailer. Right, here's the thing. Before we talk about Hellboy and Shazam, I'm going to make a prediction. We are going to have polar opposite opinions of both of these these two trailers. Definitely Shazam, because you're a humbug. But um, Hellboy, maybe not. Hellboy... Um, started with badass Ian McShane, which will always make me very excited because I'm a massive, massive fan of Ian McShane. Everything he touches is gold. And it had gore, it had Big Mo, it had Daniel Day Kim looking really hot, it had demons. It. Oh, I'm so excited for this film. I am so excited. This trailer just... I mean, I know you didn't like the last trailer, and I did... But this trailer just... Yeah, I, I can't wait for this film. See, now I know what you think I'm going to say, but I preferred I preferred this trailer much more than the last one because the last one, they sort of... They focused too much on this humour that, for me, didn't land and it was very much... It didn't feel like Hellboy, where this felt like Hellboy, which is why I enjoyed it more. I was like, like you say, with the demons and stuff like that, the different characters, and it feels more like... Um, David Harbour seemed more natural in this because he was doing mm. the regular Hellboy stuff. He wasn't being forced to say like one-liners or weird, humorous lines, which again did well, not hit for me. I laughed a lot at the humor that was in this. Um, yeah, this one was much funnier because it was more Hellboy humor, like it was one-off lines or whatever, just like. Huh. Um, and I also feel like he's slowly getting further and further away from that chin of Ron Perlman. He's definitely, you know, he's making the character, it feels like he's making the character of his own. And it may have been because we've got to see more of the film in this trailer that it it felt a bit better. But I do feel, again, like Dark Phoenix was sort of, this was sort of a redemption for them. It was a good... I'm very excited. It was a solid trailer and I kind of wish this was the first one, but... It is what it is. If they hearken more to this than towards the forced humour, um, I'm all I'm all down for this. And I, the, see, I didn't think the humour was particularly forced in the first one. It, like, yeah, I, I found it, it a lot funnier than I just, some I of your humour. I didn't think it was. No, it just wasn't that funny, and it wasn't like it didn't feel like Hellboy. Like I think it's because they just showed all it, the comedy. It didn't feel like Hellboy is probably fair, but I still found it funny. Whereas this one, there this trailer go. just makes me. Very it's excited. good, yeah. I got very giddy for it and stuff like that. And I like that he's part of a team as well. Like, it's... Because um, the Ron Perlman, like... Bleh, 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 Del Toro ones, they were sort of like... It was just Hellboy, whereas this is like, got loads of different demons and creatures and stuff like that. And the world around him is definitely being built. Uh, I'd be excited to see more stuff from this. I mean, hopefully this yep. gets a trilogy. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, good that Ron Perlman's didn't get at least a third one. I know. Just... Just let him have it, but... We'll miss his chin. I know. His chin will be missed. Never forget. And the last trailer we're going to talk about is... I know Mark's going to be a humbug about this because he hates everything that's DC and hates everything that's, that's joyful. True. I hate stuff so that's what bad. So what did you think of the Shazam trailer? I'm just going to turn my ears off. Well, the leapy thing where he jumped and jumped into Shazam was cool. Yeah, it was sick. That <laughs> looked cool. Just say my name. 
everything else. I wanted to get a sound bite of, um, you know, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad when he goes, say my name. I, just, I was going to just play that, but be too uh, taxing. And I'd probably say it and then you'll say something in between it and be like, oh, oh no, mm, right. Everything else, supposed to be funny. I didn't laugh. It was terrible. The humour was like beyond inane and just not funny. And you get a lot of kids' films that are great for adults. It's not a kids' film. You get a lot of kids' films that are great for adults. It's not a kids' film. This isn't a kids' film, then it really should be, because it's incredibly childish. No, the thing is, it's not a kids' It's one of those superhero films, and it's... Oh, I, I, I'm done. Like, I just know this is not your right, street. So, right, something like Inside Out is a wonderful film for children, but clever and thought-provoking for adults. Shazam is not going to be that, or at least the impression I get from the trailer is Shazam is not going to be that. You know what? We were going to do a trailer reaction, and for that I was like, oh, oh. I'm glad we didn't. I'm going to watch <laughs> Because this. I really... Uh, because right, I'll humour you, but I suspect I'll hate it. I'll, I really... Right, I'm going to talk about my thoughts, be, just because it, it hurts me. The the trying trying to uh, we have a balance phrase and you're welcome to express your opinion on your on your kid film. It's not a kids film. It's a superhero film that's going to appeal to everyone. And the general consensus has been that people enjoy. I like. I really enjoyed the humour. I like <laughs> up, Seriously? up and away, and it hit into the thing. It was funny. It reminded me of like Hancock and uh, other superhero films like that. Where it's just, it's just a bit silly. And again, it's that sort of. I get the vibe of Big, uh, the Tom Hanks film. We're just like, it's this kid in a big body, and the, like Mark Strong's character goes, "How old are you?" And it's like basically fifteen. It's just that it's, it's whimsical and it's. Yeah, it's humorous, and there was, there were some jokes in this that, which for me did land. And again, it's probably like um, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just the, again the two different pe- uh, people. But you know what? I need to find someone to speak nice wishes on with. I think. Look, I <laughs> just will go to, and watch just it with you. I personally, I, pers- I personally think you're going to enjoy this film, and. Again, yeah, just two different people. I can't even just go into it. Just, I'm just lost for words, really. So that's, uh, yeah, oh, do I don't want to talk more about Shazam. I don't... If I wasn't presenting this show, I probably wouldn't go and see that film. But I am going to go and see the film. I will go with you, and I will try not to be grumpy knickers. But I, 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 I suspect I'm not going to enjoy it, particularly after that trailer. I'm just defeated, guys. Zachary Levi, man, he's he's doing so he's doing so good in the world. You know that, that he, he he looked out for Captain Marvel last week. He's done some great stuff with Chuck. In this, he looks absolutely hilarious. We got to see the children of Shazam. That we might hint at maybe they do it. They accidentally all turn into Shazam. That would be cool, but they do it by accident and then turn it back off. There's. It looks like a positive film for the DC universe, and it looks like the DC universe is finally back on track. We got we got Aquaman, and now this Shazam for me and for most people looks funny. For grumpy old mayor over here, it doesn't. But I'm hoping this is Warner Brothers. I wonder if it is most people. Where did you get that snippet of information from? Basically, my whole social media. Right, so YouTube, your whole social media who are early twenties, YouTube man children, YouTube, like you. YouTube comments. Um, talk shows that I listen to, podcasts, all over have just been positive. The only person I've interacted who's a grumpy mare about this is yourself. Right. Well, 
We shall so, see. If so, if you're not a grumpy mayor, I would love your thoughts on this on our Facebook. If you are Twitter, a grumpy mayor, please back me up on this. <sighs> don't. <laughs> I don't want any more grumpy mayors. But no, I do feel like this is a good, um, this is a good step for Warner Brothers because... Um, Speaking about Warner Brothers, this is going to be our smooth segue. The Warner Brothers boss recently just said, has said, come out and said that the DC films are back on track by not focusing on a shared universe. So they're no longer focusing on DCE universe, this universe, that universe, or whatever. They're just focusing on these single film projects. And I think this is the way they go right. Like, um, they have a proven track record with Wonder Woman, Aquaman, um, Man of Steel for some people was more of a hit than others this Shazam I think is going to do great Wonder Woman 2 just focus on your single part characters and then there's the trench as well that could work and then maybe go into universe so basically what Marvel did <laughs> I think but yeah I think basically they rushed they saw how successful Marvel had been with a very very much integrated universe Built, yeah and they wanted that they wanted a slice of that money 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 yeah and, and they it- rushed it and ruined Batman versus Superman because of it. Yeah. And Justice League was fine, but it wasn't really all that good. Yeah, the Justice League suffered from being cut. Like it was supposed to be like a three-hour-long film, and then it was one hour forty. But yeah, it's just it's that thing of I think they tried to reinvent the wheel and be like, okay, we're going to do it this time by having the big team-up movie, and then you get to know the characters. And it was it didn't it. You know what? Uh, we'll credit them for their bravery. And if it worked out, you know, we sit here. In another timeline, this works out, and we sit here going, "Ah, oh, DCU, they did something different, and it worked for them." But this is this universe, and we're talking about it now, wow. saying they we, you know, they need to just get it back rolling. And the good thing for is, is they have that foundation. You know, they're not starting from completely scratch. You know, they're going to recast it. Um, Batman, it's a bit gutting that Ben Affleck's not coming back. It would be nice to see him having his film. That was the other movie as well. The Batman's coming out. We've got the Suicide Squad too. I'm hoping... Is, is the Batman going to be the same Batman, or is it going to be a different Batman? It's going to be the same Batman, but it's not going to be Ben Affleck. So it would be played... The, 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 the Batfleck played by somebody else. Yeah, so they're, okay, th- they're thinking about going for, like, a younger Batman. Um, oh, so like a prequel? Yeah, well, in sorts, yeah, because so the Ben Affleck one was sort of uh, the Dark Knight, so they're sort of going for younger. Yeah. And a lot of the... Um, Adaptations recently have been The Dark Knight in some form. So it'll be like a thousands or nineties Batman. That could be interesting, couldn't it? Yeah, exactly. And they could they could even do like I feel Gotham's one of those things where it's a timeless place because it's always it's always grim, it's always got crime there and it's always sort of backdated, you know. You might see a mobile phone and that might give you a bit of a sense of what the time is. But that was my problem with Gotham, the TV show, was that I couldn't place when it was. Yeah. And I didn't like it. I think that helps it, though, because it's sort of... It, well, yeah, it'll, def- it'll, def- it'll definitely help the film as well, because you never... It, you're right, you never place it in a time period, so you're not reliant on, well, this clearly happens in this year, or this clearly happens in this time frame. I had a lot of problems with Gotham, but <laughs> we have not got long enough to talk about it. I was very very disappointed and Fish Mooney just kept appearing and I was like oh just go leave we've got better villains now but yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> honestly my goodness that show and then Bruce Rain- Wayne had loads of different clones or whatever and oh my goodness yeah, now yeah all. I did forget to mention the Suicide Squad 2 um, and one person we're not going to mention when we talk about that film from now on is Will Smith because he's not returning as Deadshot 
What were your thoughts about this? Well, initially, I thought, well, that's a kick in the teeth, isn't it? But have you seen who the who is heavily rumoured to be replacing him? And I think that, that a lot of people are saying just putting Deathstroke. So no, Idris Elba. Oh, for Idris Elba is going to be. I don't think he, he's too big for it. He's well, that's, too, he's too that, big that's for the rumour. I tell you what, if if it is Idris Elba, that could save it because he's brilliant. I think, he's just brilliant. I think Deadshot's story was done perfectly and sort of came to a fitting yeah, conclu- I'd agree with that. fitting conclusion in uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad, and they called it The Suicide Squad. In Suicide Squad, so in the first one, I feel like, you know, there was that whole thing with his daughter... And I'd be happy with us not seeing Deadshot again. And there, there is so at the end of Justice League, they set up the you know the Injustice League Lex yeah. Luger, Lex Luger, Lex Luger, and Deathstroke with Joe Mangalano. Joe Mangalano, there we go, playing um, Deathstroke. And it would be really cool if they just. I mean, they could just sub in Deathstroke. I mean, they're not. I don't feel like they're going to do Injustice League versus Justice League very soon. No. So he could just slip into there. Or, you know, they have a rogues gallery of um, villains that they can put into the Suicide Squad to replace them. The Suicide Squad doesn't necessarily need to be the same roster every time. No, exactly. And he could always come back. It would benefit if it didn't have the same roster each time, if they did bring people in. However... The big focus is Harley Quinn. And I feel like if they bring in um, characters from Birds of Prey and bring them into the... If they're really successful, really popular, they can bring them into the Suicide Squad. And then that's their mini-universe there of, like, the Harley Quinn universe. the, The Harley Quinn universe in the section of the DC... EU, yeah, where it's like Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn movies, Suicide Squad, and she sort of operates but that one. If it is Idris Elba, I what if don't, it don't, is no, Idris don't get, Elba? Don't get your hopes up. I Mate, know I, we're Idris, talking. We're talking about this later, but him. you're getting into your fa- like. This is how it starts. Did you like that reference? Anyone get that? Batman vs Superman. This is how it starts. The fan casting in you. You start doing a bit of fan casting, and then you see someone suggested for someone. And you're like. Oh, that would be really good, and then it just keeps building and building. It's a very, it's satisfying when it comes right, and you're like, oh my goodness, they actually got cast. But when, oh, when they say no to that project or something like that, oh, it's just it's devastating. But I don't, yeah, I think Idris Elba's too big to be dead shot. I would love to see him in a superhero movie, and I think we will. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, one day. Um, we've already seen him in Heimdall we've seen him in Heimdall as Heimdall I feel like that he's was dead though yeah I feel like that was permadead when, well, when, he, when he first got cast for that I was like that's brilliant but then the more and more you go on and the more and more like characters in the MCU they could use in Marvel comics they could use I was like oh it's kind of he could have been a bigger character but I can't see him jumping ship to if he jumps the ship to DC I can it's got to be something big like maybe a Batman or a Superman like I can't see him as a it was it was strange enough that Will Smith was uh, dead shot because that's a big A-lister but apparently mm. he had a lot of stuff to do with the script and that's why Tom Hardy stepped down from it because he was like no no I don't want to be part of this oh my voice went dead it's almost like Tom Hardy um, kit, like, that, that, that was really took butch. part in then. Oh, no, nothing like oh, you know I know yeah it wasn't even me trying to do an impression like I usually do but it just channeled me <laughs> now Another bit of DC news. Arrow is set to finish after the last 10 episodes. This, now obviously in America, the article said fall, which is autumn. Autumn. Do you know why it's called fall? 
Apparently, it was originally a British thing that kind of like faded, is what I've found. It's it's a very daft reason. Go on. Because the leaves fall. Uh, okay. <laughs> but apparently, it was originally a British thing that went out of fashion. So it's technically more British than autumn. But I'm still calling it autumn. Autumn. Autumn seems more legit than fall. But yeah, um, we've talked about this in the past. You've with your CW. Um, Attempts at the CW universe, like watching it, you started with Arrow and then sort of like fluctuated away. What was your thoughts on Arrow finally coming to an end? Well, Arrow is something I always kind of feel like I should go back to. I watched the first three series, and I'm such a, and I'm such a completionist that I, I kind of want to watch. It's the there whole to thing. be. It's soon to be there and to now, be completed. Now that it's finished. <laughs> I may be able to this get autumn. like a cheapy, cheapy box set, you know. So I might revisit it. This autumn, but there's yeah. lots of other good DC stuff out there, like Black Lightning and Teen Titans, that I will always just Titans. All right, whatever. Cross but I'll always, I'll always prioritise over it because they're good. And Arrow kind of, from what I saw, faded away a little. Uh, yeah, Arrows. That's I think that's the issue with a lot of the CW shows is a lot of them start off great and then fade away. Um, defo, check out The Flash, man. Check out The Flash. Legends of Tomorrow, you're a bit of a grumpy mare, so I don't know if you'll like it as much. But that's very whimsical, funny, daft. You might I don't like... know where this term grumpy mares come from. <laughs> uh, mate, grumpy mare, Mark. GM Mark. <laughs> I, I just have... Grumpy man, grumpy man. You might like legends just goes bonkers crazy, and I love it for that. And well, there are stuff like this. Bring the, the Flash over. I'll do, watch the first yeah. couple of episodes with and you. And if you like the Flash, we'll, we'll, go, have popcorn we'll move on to legends. It'll be it'll be a lovely time. We'll have pizza and popcorn and watch the Flash. Exactly. Now more TV news. The end of the effing world season two is now in production. Now this was a. It was based off a comic. And it was on Channel 4 in the UK. Ooh, hey. And internationally, it went out um, on Netflix. Now, this was really exciting. I actually watched this with my sister. It was like, ha, I made you watch something comic booky and you didn't even know. Ha. <laughs> but, yeah, it was on, like, regular TV, Channel 4. I was like, oh, this is ace. Um, did you manage to check out the first season at all? Nope. No, I've not seen not. it yet. That's no. another. Th- th- there is only so many hours in the day. That's fair. That's one of the ones that's again. It's on my list. On I've, the got, list. I've got a gigantic pile of books next to my bed that you know is is is, is rapidly becoming a mountain. Yeah. Uh, so the, it, you, it used to be where you finite mug- amount of time. It used to be where your nighttime mug of tea went, and now it's like oh, it's reaching for the shelves here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know the premise of it, don't you? The like the guy who's like in his head, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to kill someone today," and he picks his girl. I'm going to kill you today, and then they sort of develop this like friendship, romance sort of together, and then yeah. they do kill someone, and it's a bit oh, and then he sort of goes, "Oh my goodness," and all the uh, <laughs> he sees the ramifications of it, and I really did enjoy this first season. Again, it was a weird, wacky premise, pretty cool title. And I'm excited that there is going to be more. And now it's uh, starting. I feel like uh, there was a lot of comments when I read the news piece that were like, finally, it's finally in production and stuff like that. And it's like, guys, man, just let let them take their time. I'm happy. Like Mark says, there's a lot on at the moment. So when people take their time, and usually that means it ends up being really, really good, I'm happy with that, you know. I've got got a load to watch. All that I'm enjoying as well. Now we're going back to X-Men because we're talking about X-Men New Mutants. And, yeah, basically, they have no clue what to do with it. Um, they didn't do the scheduled reshoots that they um, made. And then it's looking like it might just go straight to Disney Plus if they do do anything with I'm it. I'm surprised it's going to go to Disney Plus because it's not looking family friendly. I, I, I fear 
that this may just never see the light of It'll day. It'll just be stuck on the shelf. Well, the thing is with Disney is um, the company owns a lot of stuff that isn't um, child-friendly. It's like R-rated stuff, uh, 15, 18. They own a load of stuff, and I feel like this Disney Plus... Disney Life very much is focused on the family-friendly sort of um, mm. thing, what we've got in the UK now. But Disney Plus, I feel it's going to be... There's going to be different sections, like a Netflix, where there will be um, 18 stuff over here, there'll be child stuff over here, there'll be Marvel separate. So I could see it um, landing on there. Interesting enough... We can only hope. Interesting enough, two of my friends, Jacob and Yaz, have a bet on whether New Mutants will um, have a cinematic release or a um, streaming release or not a release at all. Yaz reckons streaming, not at all. Jacob, who is a super-duper X-Men fan, really wants New Mutants to be in cinema. And you know what? I just kind of want to see it because that first trailer we had did scare me. Not a fan of horror, bit of a Freddy cat. But I was like, okay, this is something new. This is something interesting in the superhero genre. There's a big difference between want and predict. I've all, I always want something to, different yeah. to what I predict. So I, I'm with Jacob on the want, but I'm with Yaz on the predict. And you are, yeah. You, let it be known that Mark is a negative Nelly sometimes. That's not true. But Mark sometime- is a realistic Nelly. <laughs> Don't have the same ring to it. No. <laughs> a realistic Riley. <laughs> okay. But, it, to be fair... Sometimes I do wish I had your mindset because you do get pleasant surprises. And you get hurt. Yeah, and I get hurt. And it's so this me is, that has to pick up the pieces. This is not, I don't think this is worth I'm like, bring it I in, always, Fraser. I always have this positivity and then it goes away, whereas you have this negativity and then it's brought up, not which is better. I don't know which the better situation to be in is to always, con- to always look at everything. I get concerned when I get giddy about stuff because I don't want to be let down. Because <laughs> it's going to go wrong. I mean, Spider-Verse didn't let me down, but the amount of times that I have been and have gone, well, that was rubbish and I was really mm. excited. and So, you know, m- maybe I'm just jaded. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> but I still love Shop. life. I still love stuff. And most things I end up buzzing off. Yeah. And just it just jaded. better when it takes you by surprise. I guess that initial thing of constantly loving it, loving it, loving it, and then not liking it. I guess the smaller part, the smaller portion of not liking it, or the Didn't smaller Suicide portion. Suicide Squad hurt you quite a lot. No, Suicide Squad did. I was just trying to find the story, and it just <laughs> the film ended, and I still couldn't find the story. I was like, "Where's it gone? Where? Where are you? Story, please. I need you." There's it. What has hurt me? A lot of things have hurt me, really, but if we don't, oh, want it, if we, don't need to de- we don't need to delve into that. When, when, we, when we play the music, I'll give you a hug, dear. Oh, thanks, mate. Now, we're going to talk about something that hopefully won't hurt me. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Feige talks about a potential The Eternals film. How mad does this... Now, this is interesting because it's been made apparent on social medias, mediums, that after Far From Home... There's going to be 10 month wait until a Marvel film. And I'm just like... That's too long. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I was just trying to wrap my brain with what's actually coming out. So when this came out, I was like, right, I'm putting this on there. Aso can do this little jabber. But also because The Eternals would be an epic way to start Phase 4. It would. Or like a cool in like addition to Phase 4. It'd be like a Guardians of the Galaxy did in Phase 2 where it's like, okay, yeah, here's, your, here's the stuff you've been usually expecting. And then bam. Boom. Eternals. Watch it. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. What were your thoughts about um, the Eternals film? Right. We were talking about giddy me and cynic me, weren't we? Yes. Giddy me 
is very excited about all the talk about a a gay superhero being part of the Eternals. Cynic me is, well, Marvel are just trying to get the collection now, aren't they? They've got a black one, they've got a woman one, and now they want a gay one. And I hope giddy me is right on this one. Because, wow. You know what I mean, though. The, 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 I don't like realistic. I'm being ne- cynical naked. about cynical you. Cynical about inclusion. If they get it wrong, it'll it'll hurt me. Whereas they get it, they got it so right with Black Panther. They got it so right. Hopefully, yeah, they've got they've with got Captain got... Marvel. And even prior to that, they got it right with uh, the Black Widow. Yeah, they've I've got ju- a track record for but it. But I really want because I really want this to be good. Because I really want this to be an important and realistic and positive representation of a gay person in a superhero film. I'm petrified, but I want it lots anyway, you know? I think we've got um, we've got good LGBT representation now in um, in comics in general yeah, and do. in um, like the TV shows and the films that we have seen LGBT be- characters I think it's been Black Lightning got it right been, for example. it's been well represented and there's been some in the Marvel Netflix shows and yes know. yes so I do feel like there is going to be uh, I feel like it's going to be a great thing and it's one of those interesting things because Eternals is so huge and so like just massive like the landscape of it the universe wide but it will be obviously like it just seems oh yeah of course there's going to be a gay character and it's interesting as well they're actually looking actively looking for a gay actor to play um, the role, which That's you know, cool, but which I don't you know, think it matters. isn't necessary. And again, doesn't matter. Like an actor's an actor. It doesn't matter. Like um, Neil Patrick Harris, openly gay actor, played one of the biggest, um, b- one of the biggest heteros, uh, heteros, <laughs> hetero role model for some. He it, was Bar- not a role model. Barney Stinson. <laughs> Barney Stinson. He's is not, not a role. role model. He's not a role model. But there are a lot of people there who go, oh yeah, live the Barney Stinson life, and it's like, ah, so I know to avoid you and not to send any of my female friends your way, mm. even just to say hi. Oh, Barney Stinson. But you know, it's it's you know, it's as long as you get a good actor. But I like that they are looking for this, and it's just it's a nice little nice little. I touch. want it. Yeah. It's still only rumour stage, though, at the moment, so I'm trying I know, yeah. not to it's get excited. It's one of them. There's been so I've many... I've been hurt in the past. <laughs> There's been so many rumours that haven't come to fruition, but a lot of the time with Marvel, they do, like... Um, Black Widow, for the longest time, was a rumour, but now it's looking more and more like... Teleseries it's going to be legit. Like be no, nice. no, Phil. Film? Yeah, yeah. Oh, a teleseries? Not R-rated, not 18, but yeah. Film, film. Cool. Filmy film. I would like that. Now, we're going to end on a bit of fun. Now, every week, whenever we play the news, you hear J. Jonah Jameson screaming about wanting pictures of Spider-Man. And this last bit of news will, I'm sure, put a smile on both of our faces. Even cynical Sally over here. Cynical Simmons over here. My Because J.K. Simmons came back as J. Jonah Jameson in an Avengers parody. Now, this was like a little interview. like It must have been like radio or TV show for him. And he did J. Jonah Jameson reacting to the snapping in, basically, and how it would be in the Daily Bugle newsroom. It was sort of like, you know, one of those uh, improv classes. It was like, okay, so J. Jonah Jameson, it's the Daily Bugle, it's the day after the snapping. He does, you know, he does his usual J. Jonah voice. So Jonah voice. survives. That's good. Exactly. <laughs> that makes me happy. He does this incredible voice and asks, um, 
where's Parker? I need pictures of Spider-Man. And how? And, and he, I want a picture of Spider-Man's dust, and we're going to blame it all on Spider-Man. He goes, oh, Parker got dusted his way. Oh, of course Parker got dusted away. Now, Parker, I know you're up there thinking about us and thinking about how we can damage um, Spider-Man. Now, this is all paraphrasing. Definitely, what, this clip's like a minute. Um, it will brighten your day. A mi- just a minute of your time to brighten your day is absolutely brilliant. And it just makes me want to have him more and more. We need him back. We, back. we need him to be the J. Jonah Jameson. He's, oh, just, oh. It'd just be so epic. I mean, in my head, I have. A, we'll do this whenever we do a, a future fan casting. But there are other J. Jonah Jamesons I've put in my head just in case he doesn't want to. But, you know, if you wanted to, you can do your Jim Gordon stuff in Batman, sure, sure. But come on, come back. They're going younger. They're going younger with Batman. Let's let a younger actor do Jim Gordon for a bit until the, you know until he ages up. Then you can get in there. But come on, get on it. Bit of J Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> now we want to know your thoughts. So you, <laughs> we want to know your fellow geeky thoughts um, on all these things, on all the trailers, on all the news. Where do you lie? Clearly, Mark and I are at two different lines. Some of you will probably be in the middle. Sometimes. Some of you, some of you may be towards Mark's side. Some of you may be towards my side. Like I say, most probably in the middle somewhere. But we want to know your thoughts. We want to know. Spread all the thoughts around on these stories because it's nice just to get different uh, get perspectives. Chatting. Yeah, get chatting away. We've got a Facebook group. We've got YouTube comments below. We've got a Twitter. Um, we've got Tumblr, Tumblr, but we're not quite sure how interactions work with there. That's just sort of where all our stuff goes. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to, if you need to watch anything or listen to anything and find that where to do it, just go to Tumblr. That's sort of why how we use Tumblr. Tumblr. Mm. Now we're going to move over to songs and sponsors. And Mark talked about this earlier in the show. Um, very tragic um, passing this week. And you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to let Mark talk about it. Yeah, uh, Keith Flint took his own life um, earlier this week, and it, it really did affect me quite quite badly. The the prodigy were kind of like a really important part of my youth and growing up, uh, growing up in the nineties and being a swatty little kid who really wanted to be a rebel. And um, I can see a young Mark yeah, being a rebel. I wasn't a rebel at all. I was far too good to be true. To be honest with you what happened um, but Keith Flint was this image of this kind of like incredible gave no sh- whatever's about sugar honey iced yeah tea. none of that about anything and he looked the way he wanted to look he did what he wanted to do and he was so so damn cool he was an absolute icon to me and we all we all get sad we all you know have bad days and for for him, after all his success and being so iconic and loved by everybody, for him to take his own life really knocked me. And um, it made me realise that, you know, life is finite and stuff. It made me think about how much fun I had as a kid as well. So there was lots of positive stuff. And The Prodigy have been with me my entire life. They've been my one of my very favourite bands for ever. And so I'm going to play. I'm going to play lots of Prodigy yeah. today. And it's important as well. Like his impact's still there. Like you say, Prodigy's always been there for you. And like it is one of those things. It's when stuff like this happens. It is you know you can take a lot about reflection and sort of. Um, it's one of them. It's always nice to celebrate the life they lived and sort of celebrate. Um, yeah, celebrate the impact they had on yourself. And exactly you know, right. Prodigy will 
it'll still the music's still there for you and you can still have it is I've been listening to a lot of Prodigy this positive week. memories uh, what's the first Prodigy song you played so I'm gonna play it's from The Matrix which obviously had it's own series of comics uh, subsequent to the film so there's there's your comic-y link yeah, but yeah. it's from The Matrix and this is Minefields by The Prodigy <laughs>
Welcome back to Geek of the Week. What was that song, Mark? That was Minefields by The Prodigy. Nice. And now it's time for the best theme on this show. Joking. <laughs> oh, that's... Do it live every week, guys. Every week. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he lied. So, this is a section of the show called Pull or Pass, where we take a look at typically free kind books, sometimes more, but <laughs> usually free, let's be honest with ourselves here. Yeah. And we say whether we're going to pull or pass on these. And if you're like, what is this terminology? Basically, pass means, yeah, leaving it. But pull, when you go into a local comic book store and you pick up a comic book, let's say you saw the Hellboy trailer. I was going to say Shazam, but I'm not even going to deal with Mark's negativity or what he's going to say about it. Say you, say, say you see the Hellboy trailer, you're like, oh, I want to check out a Hellboy book. You pick up a Hellboy, one, two, three, whatever it is. You pop it on the de- pop it on the desk and go, I'm going to buy this. And the clerk goes, hey, do you want to add this to your pull? And you say, yeah, sure. What that basically means is whenever there's a Hellboy comic out, two, three, four billion, 
they'll put it behind the desk for you and it's sort of like a subscription service but less like hassle less scary like you need to set up a direct debit we're going to charge you every month you need to be here every week it's it's chill you know they'll just keep them back there uh, any books that you're interested in they can keep there for you as long as you tell them you can actually put stuff on advance in your pool so if you know something's coming out we learned this the hard way we're definitely starting doing it in the future now you can put it on your pool so when that new new book comes out, they'll have it there ready for you. You can just come up. It can be every Wednesday or once a month, like payday, and be like, hey, what's on my pool? And then they'll bring it out for you. Um, back in Aberystwyth, before I went to uni, we had a nice little fold. It was very, uh, it was nice. It was like, oh, something that belongs to me and takes a lot of money away from me. I, like I, a child. I collected my pool yesterday and it cost me £27. Oof. Yeah. Was it a uh, was it is this an every Wednesday kind of situation? No, or a, I hadn't collected <laughs> it for a while. So it's but it was still up. an oof moment. Yeah, it is important to say as well. You can take stuff off your pull, like if a new writer or something, or it goes in a direction you're not too keen with. Yeah, or you just wanted to watch a, uh, read a certain part of the story, you can take it away. Now, the free comic books we're talking about this week are Justice League issue 19 by DC. Now I know what you're thinking, but Fraser. That's not her first issue. Don't worry, guys. It's part one of a new story they're starting. So basically, that's another thing as well with comics. Um, you can just start... Oh, honestly, you can start wherever. It's, it's kind of nice to start at a part one of a story, but it doesn't really matter because what they'll do is they'll explain... There's a nice little intro at the beginning of the story just to catch you up, and important stuff is, you know, told within the story. It's not like jumping into a third season of a TV show and being like, mm. wait, what? Comics book creators recognise that it's a scary world to get into and it's always continuously going, so you can dip in and out whenever. So, yeah, Justice League, uh, part one of a story. What were your thoughts on the book? I was... I liked how the Justice League had, like, bants and yeah. bitchiness. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was quite... That was... That More was realistic, a, isn't it? Good team. That, yeah, that was a sp- surprise. It, it, it and it made yeah, it made them more human rather than um, stereotypes or or well, cliches well, or tropes. Yeah, the thing is with um, the Justice League, and people always make this comparison with DC and Marvel, is that the DC characters, you know, it's gods. You know, they're gods. Where um, they are insanely. There are gods yeah. trying to deal with human stuff. And Marvel is sort of like humans trying to deal with godlike um, powers. But yeah, what they've managed to do with this run on um, Justice League, Scott Snyder and the team over there, is yeah, humanise these characters and make them a bit more relatable, and I kind of dug that. I mean, Flash, for me, whenever I've read Flash, has always been a relatable character, but yeah, I totally agree with that um, team dynamic. I'll let you carry on because I sort of interrupted you there. No, no, it's cool. Um, Evil Buildings was beautifully bonkers. Um, Again, it wasn't something I was expecting. No. And... (laughs) I'm a sucker for a double page spread, so there oh, was some pretty. There was some, some very serious pretty going on there. as well. Yeah, it's a cool introduction as well, isn't it? The first image you see is those buildings of all the stu- like stuff coming out, and you're like, okay, this is a cool start of a book. <laughs> I'm I'm down for this. I did feel like it was a very good introduction for the writer's um, feel, the writer's kind of take on the Justice League. Yeah, I did yeah. feel that that worked very well. And that's hard to do. That's hard to do and 
without being patronising or without isolating your long-term fans. So yeah. I, I thought that it did very well there. Yeah. That, that imp, if my memory serves, the imp with the unpronounceable name. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the when one that Parkinson. we were, that was in Wonder Twins a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, it's follow-up from that story that we read. Yeah, how funny is that? That's pretty cool. Because I was like, when I turned it over and I saw him, I was like, I swear we've read this. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Wonder Twins. Like, yeah. And I was like, it's a, see, this is a nice way you sort of like you know, connecting the stories together, but without being like, oh, no, this is a crossover, which, you know, crossovers can be very intimidating. It's <laughs> like, how much do I have to, to read and stuff like that? Exactly, you didn't that need it was to in know. Wonder Twins, but it's kind of cool that it's it was. Nice. Yeah, because it's one of them if he says his name backwards, you know, it all goes afloat. But, yeah, no, really cool choice of villain. Dead, wacky and bizarre. And it's like you say, the reason I picked this was because I sort of wanted to highlight um, for our listeners on Polar Pass, who are still a bit sceptical about actually getting into reading comics or just like are still worried about you know i want to read justice league but i think i'm going to wait until they restart the universe again or i'm going to wait until i see something that's a one or i'm going to go back to this where it's like you can literally just jump into the story of course if you want to go back and read a few first issues as well maybe check out like new 52 or pre-new 52 um you can start again with the rebirth stuff but you can just jump in and, you know, the writers and team there will help guide you into this world. I mean, I, I'm i quite happy. Like, here's my result. I'm definitely going to pa- um, pull on this. I'm going to keep reading, uh, it, at least for this story and maybe even more just because I do like that Justice League dynamic. The twist at the goes. end was like, ow! Yeah. I, I, was, I liked that. And you, you can kind of... You kind of get used to twists at the end of comic books because they happen so frequently yeah and it's 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 almost a cliche in comics now but this one got me yeah i do feel for me personally dc stuff i do tend to read on trade i do i don't tend to um i don't don't even really know why i don't i think i've got one vertigo title on my uh, on my pull and certainly none of their um, superhero stuff. I think I am interested in this story, but I think I'm going to wait for the trade. And I don't re- even really know why. I think it's just me being weird and... Just having that weird moment. It's interesting you say that, actually, because... Because um... I've, I've loved DC trades in the past, like Identity Crisis yeah, and yeah. New 52, and, and I've really enjoyed those. And I think maybe that's... Maybe because that's the way I've always read DC. That's yeah. kind of why I want to read the this in the it. same way. That's fair enough. The mm. thing with me with DC is the only ones I ever sort of trade weight for are the ones like the big events you mentioned, like Identity Crisis, like Heroes in Crisis. This is a pretty big event. Thanks thanks to the show, um, Heroes in Crisis is on my pull. And that would have been something I would have trade weighted for. And um, it's usually, yeah, like the big events I wait for. Or, like, if I'm behind on a series and I want to catch up, or if I want more Booster Gold in my life, because he's got a load of stuff backdated, and I'm like, oh, here's a nice, juicy trade. But for these, like, when it's the character pieces, I do like to put them on my pull, because I like to see where it goes. Um, Because the thing is, with these, when it is a character-focused one, like, for this one, it's the Team Justice League, but for others, it's, like, Batman and stuff like that, the trades are very, very weird, in a way, because the trades almost do act like a like a comic would because they have numbers on them so like the Batman Rebirth the Justice League Rebirth stuff will have um, six issues in one trade and it'll say whatever the storyline was and then it'll say one on it 
So again, yeah. it does lead to that thing of like, oh, I don't want to jump onto the third trade. So you do sort of collect it, sort of how you yeah, would, yeah, it's true. How you would um, a pull? So for me, that was always a thing of just like, oh, I'll just read it as a pull then and keep it going. But that again, that's just um, my own personal preference. But I do agree with you when there's a big story or big crossover like the button with Batman and the Flash. I was reading the Flash, um, but I was like, oh, I'll get that. I'll get the button in trade because it's a nice book that's. Mm. Um, Almost not in continuity in a way, and that's that's what I kind of like with my trades. My trades that aren't too rooted in that current current continuity, especially with DC, because DC always sort of like reboot their continuity uh, with crises and with yeah, crises, crises. Yeah. So when it comes to trades, I kind of like trades that aren't too focused on that set universe, if that makes sense, or that does, like yeah. a story that can happen in any time or something like that. So yeah, like long story. So, no, not a tangent tornado because it it was relevant. No, it was relevant it tornado. Was, it, was, it was definitely tornado. It was uh, it was relevant, but yeah, it definitely be a pull for me. I'm yeah, I'm really um, interested because Scott Snyder's done some great stuff with DC. Um, like he's, I've just recently been reading some of his uh, all the Batman stuff, and it's just in- incredible. So his take on the Justice League, I'm all down for it. I'm all down. Now, the next book we are going to talk about is a very exciting book because we talked about this in our look forward to the year and it's been a big, big deal for Marvel. Um, They've been promoting it quite a lot. It's Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys the Marvel History. And the the way they promoted this at first was like they did all these different crucial events in Marvel like who really saved the Fantastic Four who took Spider-Man's suit after Spider-Man No More in issue 15 and all that and all these big events who really saved Jean Grey and it's like Cosmic uh, Ghost Rider destroys the um, Marvel Universe so it was really exciting and it was like we definitely got to put this on Polo Pass and I want to get your thoughts, Mark before uh, I delve into it a bit too much and just blabber on for ages uh, having you, uh, you were with, I was with you when you read this book, so I, I saw your reactions, and and I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I imagine they're going to be different. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I really like the concept. I thought the concept was really cool. Yeah. But Frank Castle didn't resonate right with me. He's it's a different Frank Castle he's than never you usually been, expect. He's never been callous. He's been ruthless and brutal with. With, with bad people but he's never been callous and blasé about it like he is in this book yeah it felt more like Deadpool than The Punisher you know what I was about to say that the humour they put a lot of humour in this because it's a very it's a very humorous book I'll delve into it more why it's so hilarious uh, or like the humour they're going for but yeah this Frank Castle was very much a it was a Deadpool that we saw in the past Deadpool now is less and less a mercenary, less and less killing people. He's more like, hey, I'm a wacky Deadpool guy. You know, he's sort of starting to appeal more to kids and stuff like that. And, you know, he's just the wa- like super wacky. But there was like, I think it's Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Well, where I was, was going to mention that. Where They've he already was, done something similar where, to this with Deadpool. Where he was like, okay, yeah, I'm still wacky and fun, but, you know, I'm a mercenary. I'm pretty dangerous. So this is sort of like... That sort, of, they've had to take that element of Deadpool back, and it's it's a shame that we can't see this with actual Deadpool. Like if if this same situation was Wade Wilson, it would I feel like it would probably work a bit better. But it's already been done with I, Deadpool kills the Marvel. No, but I feel like this is different because let me just 
Right, I want to read out the first page because this is hilarious. It basically accounts to why... Because some of you might be like, wait, Ghost Rider, Frank Castle and Cosmic? What? They, they go through at the beginning. Um, they talk about Frank Castle, you know, dedicated Marine and all that. Uh, he was fought, fought crime as a punisher. And then they mention he died. And then he returned as Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. So you just think, all right, that's pretty hilarious. That's a bit wacky, a bit crazy. And then he became Galactus Herald. You're like, wait, what? And then he became <laughs> the black cat right hand of Thanos. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what happened here? And then he died again. And then he went to Val- Valhalla. And then he get, and then um, to right his wrongs, he goes back in time to when Thanos is a baby. He goes to kill Thanos as a baby. He goes, no, 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 I'll raise him. In the comic, you see Thanos wearing a pun- in a Punisher getup. He's been that influenced by Frank Castle. It is this bizarre situation. So now he's going back in time again, but he's a bit lost and he's just going through moments in Marvel history and sort of, you know, affecting them in a way. And this is such a wacky, crazy concept. Again, 100% agree. If this was Wade Wilson, it'd be, you know, you'd expect a bit more like a Deadpool sort of thing. But I do like this. I'm starting to think of this Frank Castle more as a different Frank Castle than the Frank Castle we've, you know, come to expect, the Punisher. And it is a very much de- Deadpool take of Frank Castle. Is this is this main continuity? Is this what actually happened to Frank Castle? Or is this lol alternative reality? Because it, if it's not the latter, I really don't like it. It's one of them. I think it's take it or miss it. Like, if it gets really popular, it probably will be continuity, but then they could always, you know, they can always retcon it and just be like, oh, no, and then Frank Castle went really back and he went back in time and never made the deal with the devil or never made a deal with this. I do like how uh, there's a page where he just, like, he kept going... <laughs> Like, his, yeah, explained his situation. He went, I went to this devil, the actual devil. Then I went to this devil, which was Galactus. Then I went to this devil, Thanos, and that was a real bad one. He's just like, just so many bad decisions made. The, the Punisher's not funny. The Punisher is about a guy who but is, this is mentally not the traumatised by is, his family being murdered. This is Cosmic Ghost Rider. <laughs> but then why make it Frank Castle? I, yeah, no, I, again, 100% agree with you. I feel like this would be this would be better... Slightly better if it was Wade Wilson. Unfortunately, we don't live we don't live in that comic universe anymore where Wade Wilson would have been. Because you need a bit of ser- do you need a bit of serious verse this? Maybe not. Maybe forget that thought. But it probably would have been better with a Wade Wilson um, in this role, just going crazy. But you know what? I'm down with a bit of comic craziness, so it's definitely a pull for me. And I because they touch upon they touch upon the new Fantastic Four, so we get to see a bit of Spidey. But I la- like, so I was like, ooh. But then I definitely know they're going to touch on even more Spidey because, you know, they're ruining his, his, they're destroying his history as well. So it seems like each issue, it's going to be a mini series, each issue is going to, you know, be focused on a different part of history. So this was like the Fantastic Four one. You know, he saves the Fantastic Four, they get his powers. They become the Fantastic Five for a bit and they're like, yeah, you don't quite fit in here. So it's, <laughs> this- that was pretty cool. I also liked the child in it. So he goes back in time to visit his family and he visits his young child, Frankie, wants to be called um, Francis. And he, he basically tells the story of how he's a superhero. Now he's from the future, so it's a grey Frank, uh, Frank Castle. Now, again, that could be a way they retcon it. It's just be like, oh, that future no longer becomes a part of it. You know, he doesn't. that doesn't happen to him. Frank lives a normal life afterwards. Maybe a happy life. Maybe his uh, family doesn't die. 
but the way he tells so when as he's telling the story to the kid obviously he's telling a different narrative to what actually happens and I liked those two different parallels oh yeah parallels. the unreliable relate, relate, that was hilarious the unreliable narrator thing is great he was like and yeah it I does quit. work well but <laughs> yeah I quit the team yeah, no you and then like Reed Rich is like yeah we need you out of the Fantastic Four that was that was nice it's a nice search and I'm looking forward to seeing more of um, Frank, future Frank Castle's unreliable uh, narration and the kid just loving every moment of it he's like yeah this this title has um, made for trade written all over it it's a limited series that can then be um, put into a trade uh, and it's a one off and hopefully it's an alternative reality it, because it's going to be one of them that people are going to see this and go oh that's bizarre I'm going to pick this up exactly or... and I can see how it would work as a fun one off for people but for yeah, me exactly. I, I just struggled with the way they were portraying Frank Castle yeah it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I think a lot of times with comics, when you're reading a character you beloved so much, seeing a different version of him mm. really does put you off. But again, it's one of those things with like Into the Spider Verse recently. Um, as a Spidey fan, you've always got to get used to uh, different versions of the same of um, Spidey or Peter Parker in some cases. So I've sort of became more adjusted to that and know, okay, yeah. th- so this isn't this isn't the Frank Castle I usually get. This is a new Frank Castle. It's, it is a pass for me, and I do, but I do yeah. understand that. It's an adjustment in it. I t- I t- oh, no, mate, I totally understand, because Frank Castle is one of them where you don't really see much alternative uh, versions, so it is uh, that thing. Again, maybe Wade Wilson would have worked a bit better, but we got Frank Castle, we got a bit of craziness, and I'm pulling more and more of this craziness, because <laughs> I loved it. Now, the last book we are going to talk about is Morning in America by Omi Press. Now, what did you think of Morning in America? Well, I wanted Astro Hustle, but we couldn't get a copy of it, so we're going to cover Astro Hustle at another point. Yeah, Morning in America was kind of like our emergency replacement, so I wasn't really... really didn't have any expectations of it. Just like, oh... It was just, there it is, it's a number one. It wasn't one we'd prepped for, wasn't one we'd been looking forward to, or even had on our radar. Ah, you prep? (laughs) Not joking. Hey, I do good prep. But, um... I did notice it was by um, Oni Press or Oni Press. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, who do the Rick and Morty comics? And I blooming love Priest. the Rick and Morty comics. It's Oni Priest. Whatever. Press. I'm joking. Whatever. But they're um, the, the Rick and Morty comics are brilliant. And so I was kind of like, okay, all right, I'll give this a whirl. Give them a go. And the first thing that I noticed was it was this group of kids, and they were. They were, you know, they were giving each other some lip, and they were quite cliched, old comebacks and taunts. Then I realised, of course they were. It was set in 1983, <laughs> so it was deliberately done with those cliched stuff that wasn't so cliche in 1983. And I was like, well, that's clever. It was very clever. Yeah, yeah, I liked that a lot. As soon as I was very excited when I saw Ohio as well, because that's my, that's basically my summer home. I was like, hey, right. Ohio. How was it for you then? Did it look like Ohio? Did it feel like an authentic Ohio? <laughs> Are you trying to insinuate that Ohio hasn't changed since the 80s? Because no, you're ra- just... Because you're right. <laughs> no, oh, OK. Right. Well, I didn't see a Chipotle or a Mitchell's, and they're the main things in Ohio that I see. For those of you who don't know um, American fast food, or more specifically, Ohio um, fast food, um, that's a burrito place and an ice cream place. <laughs> I like both of those things. They are both great. Um, but, yeah, I really did. Again, I enjoyed that sort of... Um, that 
team dynamic and stuff like that and like you say them having each other like having a go at each other and the mm. 80s vibe it's a very popular thing at the moment in pop in um, yeah. pop culture is going to the 80s having a young um you know a young cast and stuff like that you know you stranger things and yeah and so paper I, girls. I did enjoy that yeah oh wayne mm. he's foreshadowing here mate but yeah so i really did i really yeah really enjoyed that um, dynamic. I liked the uh, LGBT character as well. The yes, that was, that was really a cool. nice surprise. Um, and yeah, just the way they had e- each other's back, it was kind of funny. And I liked the take on America as well. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a book about friendship and yeah. young girls be- forming strong bonds. And it was a pleasant surprise. I didn't know what to expect. The um, the front cover was cover was completely incongruous. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand like the a, front uh, cover compared to what was in the comic book at all. In fact, never did you buy a cover. This is a prime it, example. I think isn't it's it? a terrible flaw of the the book. To be honest with you, yeah. The front cover suggested weird horror, and that's just not what you got Had, inside the book. That's why you went for it. <laughs> no, not necessarily. But it, I did feel like if you judged a book by its cover. You'd get the wrong. You'd have yeah. got the wrong book, and that that that, that that's that's a terrible mistake, really, a, a flaw. Yeah, really. Mm. Did enjoy the story we got. I will uh, see. I had the twist though for me because I I'm quite afraid of cat. Spoiler you stuff, are. So when we got that's a ni- when we got a nice teen dynamic, I was like, oh yay. <laughs> Yeah. No horror, but then I was always expecting the horror to creep in at some point, so I was always on edge. And it didn't. <laughs> but no, I enjoy- I did enjoy it, and you know what? What am I going to do? Yeah, I'll give it a pull, and I'll let you know. If the horror comes in, I might stop pulling it, and I'll let you know, and then you can carry <laughs> on with the pull. <laughs> but it was, like you say, a pleasant surprise, and I liked, mm-hmm. um, it seemed very fitting uh, this month being uh, Women's History Month. That this book that we picked this book up, and it did remind yeah. me of what we're doing in Trade Off. Mark mentioned before, Paper did. Girls, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm digging this vibe. Yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah pass, uh, Paul for me. My goodness, it's a pass. Could you imagine if I if I changed my mind that quickly? I was like, yes, I've said all these good things. No, forget it. It, it. it is a pass for me, but it was still a pleasant surprise. It wasn't really to my taste yeah. as as a book. But I saw that it was good quality, and I I, I did enjoy it. But I think that's a good it's not step. something I want to be spending the English equivalent of, of three dollars ninety nine yes. a month on, unfortunately. But it's, it's still I can see how it's a good book. Yeah, I think it's nice this uh, poor pass section because, like you say, we get to read books we wouldn't necessarily do, mm. and yeah, sometimes we pass on them, but not necessarily because they're a bad book, but because it's not our personal um, taste. Now, there are personal tastes, but we want to know your fellow geeks' personal tastes. Were any of these books on your pull? No you... spoilers for Astro Hustle. <laughs> Did you read any of these and pass on them? Uh, what else was on your pull? Did you get Astro Hustle? I think there was a distribution issue, um, so I don't think it many got out there. Um, when you do read Astro Hustle and when we read it, we would love to know your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> probably talk about it next week, fingers crossed. I think so. Um, yeah, but anything else on your poll? Anything else you picked up this week and pass upon? We want to know. Like we always say, we're on the. We've got a Facebook discussion group. We've got Twitter. Feel to feel free to at us. Um, say hello. Say yeah. hello. We've got the YouTube comment section below. If you if you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on anything else, you're thinking you're liar. It's not below. It's on another tab. It is. <laughs> we've also got Tumblr, but like we say, Tumblr. That's more where we keep everything that you can click on. 
the interactions there are a bit hard. And it's a bit weird, Tumblr. I always get scared. Whenever I click on and put stuff on there, there's stuff that comes up that's suggested, and I'm like, I don't like or follow anything, so I'll get absolutely anything. Most of the times, it's based off the hashtags I use, so there is comic books up there. Where I was like, okay, I can appreciate Tumblr. And then there's stuff where I'm like, I cannot appreciate Tumblr. That is gross. <laughs> Lovely. Probably best to go to Songs and Sponsors. I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, this is Songs and Sponsors. Uh, this is my pick, and it's based off the Shazam trailer, which I really enjoyed. But And we're not going to talk about it anymore because I can see Mark's negativity always bubbling. And this hey, is, there was ta- one good thing about the trailer then. We ta- this song. We talked, to, we talked about him last week when he was defending um, Punisher, and this is Eminem, My Name Is. Say my name, Shazam. Keep breathing nice and even, last one, two, three, four. Tom and Harriet in the news. Why? My name is. Why? My name is. 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 Excuse me. My name is. Can I have the attention of the class? My name is. For one second. My name is. Kids, do you like Primus? Yeah, wanna yeah. see me stick nine-inch nails to each one of my eyelids? Uh-huh. Wanna copy me and do exactly like I did? Uh-huh. Try to see how to get messed up worse than my life is? My brain's dead weight. I'm trying to get my head straight, but I can't figure out which Spice Girl I want to impregnate. And Dr. Dre said, Slim Shady, you a basic. Uh-uh. Watch your face red. Man, you waste. Well, since age 12, I felt like a case delf who stayed to himself in one space chasing his tail. Got ticked off and ripped Pamela Lee's lips off. Kissed him and said, I ain't no silicone was supposed to be this soft. I'm about to pass out and crash and fall in the grass faster than a fat man who sat down too fast. Come here, lady. Shady, wait a minute. That's my girl, dog. I don't give a damn. Dre sent me to take the world off. Hi. My name is. 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 My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. I smacked him in his face with an eraser. Chased him with a stapler. And told him to change the grade on the paper. Now, walked in a strip club. Had my jacket zipped up. Served the bartender. And walked out with a tip cup. Extraterrestrial. Running over pedestrians in a spaceship while they're screaming at me. Let's just be friends. 99% of my life, I was lied to. I just found out my mom does more than I do. I told her I'd grow up to be a famous rapper. Make a record about doing the name it after. You know you blew up when the women rush your stands. Try to touch your hands like some screaming Usher fans. This guy White Castle asked for my autograph, so I signed it. Dear Dave, thanks for the support. My name is. 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 This kid needs to be locked away. Get him. Dr. Dre, don't just stand there. Operate. I'm not ready to leave. It's too scary to die. I'll have to be carried inside the cemetery and buried alive. Am I coming or going? I can barely decide. I just drank a fifth of Kool-Aid. Go ahead. All my life, I was very deprived. 
ain't had a woman in years, and my palms are too hairy to hide. Whoops. Clothes ripped like the Incredible Hulk. I spit when I talk. I f*** anything that walks. When I was little, I used to get so hungry, I would throw fits. How you gonna breastfeed me, mom? You ain't got no I lay awake and strap myself in the bed with a bulletproof vest on and tap myself in the head. So I'm steaming mad. And by the way, when you see my dad, ask him if he bought a porno mag and see my ass. My name is... 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 Driving is not a game. If you tailgate the car in front, the closer you get, the less time you'll have to react. Don't be a space invader. Stay safe. Stay back. Search Highways England for more information. This is Geek of the Week. Um, that was awful. Sorry, that wasn't French. We. Uh, welcome back to Geek of the Week. That was My Name Is by Eminem. Ooh. My name is... Ooh. <laughs> Don't do that again. Are you ready for it? I think so. We've already preempted it before in Polo Pass, but now it's... It's trade. Get your comics from an... Undisclosed location somewhere around. Wherever you store them. Somewhere around your house, maybe. Maybe you don't even store it in your house. Maybe you find another place for them. You started that really, really sultry and then ruined it by gibbering. Gibbering and gabbering. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut it. I'm not going to You were like, it. sexy Fraser, so talking about trade-off. And then you gibbered. And gibbered, gibbered and gabbered. I feel like that's my, it's my go-to. A go-to gibber. Now, this is trade-off, the section of this show <laughs> where Mark and I basically trade books. And Mark and I have... Look at that, I did it twice perfectly. Good work. I'm, f- I'm, f- I'm programmed and in it's in there now. <laughs> so Mark and I have sort of different tastes. Um, I'm very family-friendly in Marvel, DC, Archie, IDW... Innocence. There's some really dark IDW stuff. There is, yeah. I'm, I'm on more on the lighter stuff, like the Disney stuff. <laughs> and Mark's more like horror, sci-fi, your image, your dark horse. Your IDW in some cases. That's, yeah. I haven't put <laughs> the, it on yet, but the, lock and key is a future trade-off. The, the other side of IDWs. <laughs> we both would go into an IDW store if they had a specific store for a comic book p- publisher, and we'd go, I'm going this side, you can go that side. Yeah. But basically, the premise of this section of the show is... We give each other a trade which, you know, we really enjoy and we hope that the other person does. Now, we mentioned this uh, last week and a couple of weeks ago. 
our tastes are sort of rubbing off on one another, which is why I'm really glad I, I gave you <laughs> just Justice League in the Power Rangers because oh, it sort don't. of reiterated that nightmare. reiterated that we do have differences. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We're getting too we're liking our books too much. So here's one that I know I love, and I, Mark probably won't love. I won't do that to you. I give I've, you yeah, good you quality no, you stuff. The stuff that you have given me and I know is coming in the future that just looks long and some of them <laughs> would just looks horrifying good I have been horrified I remember well. how much but, you hated Outcast, but I d- well, which was, was just, adorable I liked it it was just very horry 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 isn't a word see the thing is we mentioned this we always mention this I'm always sort of like looking for positives and stuff and sort of so like even if I am Relent- yeah, with that relentlessly cast. scared I would still be like yeah I recognise it's a good book and yeah it's really good if you like horror I'm just petrified <laughs> <laughs> so this <laughs> this week with it being International Women's Month we um, next couple of trade-offs are going to be based around that basically whether it's female writers female lead characters um, or both just a bit of everything Really, and the first book we're looking at is Mark gave to me Paper Girls by Image. I did, and um, this this is a book that is still going strong. the 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 original trade that I gave you is maybe three or four years old now, and it's still going strong. It's still in single issues, and I think it's on volume six now of um, oh, wow. of trades. So it's That's been a very successful book for Image, and well. I know what I think about it. What 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 were your opinions? I was going to say I um this was a this was a while back actually read this um because I took a couple more volumes off you so that kind of uh, yeah <laughs> kind of gives away my thoughts. A little bit. I really did enjoy it. I think I got up to like volume four, but then we started trading other books, and then we obviously we did it for the show. I've uh, read five. I've not read six. Yeah, yet, but I will give re- you five. Really enjoyed this, and like the way you, I think the way you got me with this book is. Um, Oh, apparently a Netflix TV show ripped it off. And I was like, wait, which Netflix TV show? I was like, oh, I think it's like Stranger... I was like, wait, Stranger Things. Now, it's... I'd like to point out that this was doing the Stranger Things vibe before Stranger Things. Yeah. Now, it's it's not a rip-off, or it's not a... Uh, oh, no, no, that's not what not, I'm saying. It's but... not a um, thing as well, adaptation, which I was like, ooh, maybe. Good they thing. are quite similar, though. But it's a really cool vibe. You know, it's... Uh, Set in the eighties, there's kids in the bikes, and uh, the, it, but the paper girls thing is all about like a paper round. And being a paper boy for a good long years, uh, I do know it's very important to know your fellow paper people. I thought you were still a paper get along boy. with him. Oh, forever. If it, no, no, <laughs> no. I gave that up when I went to uni. God, <laughs> there's no papers in Wales. <laughs> I'm joking. Of course, there's papers in Wales. It's all they have. They don't have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're harsh. Wales no, is lovely. No, I really to did, visit. I really enjoyed that. No, Wales is a beautiful country, honestly. The, don't worry, there's not a joke coming there. No. I really enjoyed the dynamic between all, all of the characters, all the paper girls, um, and it's all about the you know this. Um, it's a great way to start because we have this new, our main characters being introduced into the paper girls lot. You know, it's a tight knit friendship group, but they're allowing them to come in, and that's the best way to sort of start off one of those things is it's always yeah. about the new person coming in how they react 
the first example that pops into my head, which is probably not a good example to compare to this, is in between us. Obviously, it starts with Will coming into the new school. There are much better ones. You, uh, you could have perhaps Kate, gone, uh, could have perhaps gone with Wesley Crusher in Kit, Star Trek. Kitty Pride coming into Kitty Pride coming into the X. Oh, there you go. There we go. That's the one. one. But yeah, I really enjoyed that night. I enjoyed the dynamic between the two, and it was, it was really funny. And then the end, like the end of the first volume, when they set up this sort of like where the story was going to lead on, it did make me go, "I want to read more of this." And yeah. again, it's that it escalates quickly. It's sort it? of that uh, again, Stranger Things vibe of like you know, here's your normal friends, they're just getting along, and then oh yeah, here's some mad creatures and stuff like that. Here's some wacky stuff to like. Here's a juicy bit of sci-fi for you to. Mm delve into and that's that's why I kept on reading and yeah. really enjoyed it it's I mean wibbly wobbly timey wimey is very very easy to do badly yeah. and I feel like it's done really really well in this in yeah. this comic and it's also it's also very cleverly done and you don't realise and then oh hello time uh, exactly. time travel and stuff and oh cool which is another thing I liked because it was sort of like my favourite film is Back to the Future. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh no, wait, there are comics of Back to the Future. No, I've read a load of them. <laughs> I shouldn't have, but I did. But I loved them. Um, but it reminded me of that as well, like Back to the Future, sort of, um, but in a team dynamic, well, uh, is, which is really cool. It's by Brian K. Vaughan. It was always going to be good, though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, for you sure. Know, yeah, he's in great stuff. I'm image. always, I'm always banging on about Runaways, but I like, I, I love pretty much everything he's done yeah and and Runaways has got great. that similar vibe as well that t- young team dynamic yeah <laughs> excuse me it's alright but you are right in saying that as well you mentioned before how this has been a big f- runner for uh, Image and the, the Image books you think of in past are like um, your spawns and sort of all those Walking you know heads. yeah all those ones and this is sort of like it is part of the new generation of the, I'd say this you can still say The Walking Dead because it's still going but well, like the, um, the another wicked, example would be The Chew Wicked and the Divine The Wicked and the Divine yeah um, like we we talked a lot about um, the fairy tale one Oh, I hate fairy. Lines. I hate fairy. That's finished. That one, that's finished. Broke my heart. So it's nice that Paper Girls is still going, and it's it's really cool with Image because they don't have a connected universe, but they always have books that are, they have long-serving books that are long stories, and it feature it feels more like manga in a way. Sort of like you know they always have one writer or one team on it, so and it's always so you know it's always going to be one continuous story, and it's sort yeah. of there's less retcons and stuff. I like just that. I just love Image. I love everything about the company and the way they do business. I just. There is a love, uh, lovely, exceptional documentary you should watch, and it's about how Image is formed. It's on YouTube, all Ooh. available on YouTube. Um, and if you like Image as well and you're listening, definitely check it out. Just YouTube, I can't remember the exact name, but if you just YouTube, like... You can put it in the comments. Image, the image docu- video yeah, comment. Image documentary, and it's it's really cool. Like the team of um, all these Marvel and DC writers and um, artists who are doing incredible stuff make it, you know breaking comic record sales and they just went hey we should make our own and it's still flourishing now with writers and artists who you know who managed to work for marvel dc and image and dark horse and it's a great it's a great comic book industry really because creators are just going here there and everywhere um it'd be interesting to talk to an actual um an actual writer who maybe they have a different opinion go oh no you have to take any work you can or some might be like, oh, no, it's great, I can go here, here, and here. It's interesting how more freelance the industry has become since Image. Yeah, it's less like, oh, I'm a Marvel guy, you're a yeah, DC exactly guy. Right. I mean, there are some exceptions to that, like the big ones who want to become editor-in-chief, like Bendis has recently gone from being a Marvel guy to a DC guy. Mm. Uh, mm. Scott Snyder, obviously. Um, Jim Lee, 
um, who helped start Image has gone back to DC, but he's like editor in chief now, so yeah. fair play. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Paper Girls, really enjoyed it. Any Brilliant. final thoughts you want to let out? Because this was your book. I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed it, loved it, and it was that thing of like, like we mentioned before, of our different tastes. You managed to hook line and sink me because it's just like that childhood sort of thing that like yeah. oh get like friends young friends all getting along. I was like oh, you suckered me in. I think the reality is that it's an exceptionally well written story about interesting characters yeah. in a impossible universe world, whatever you want to call it, an impossible situation, and that's compelling whatever your taste. Yeah. And it's away from adults as well. No adults in this. It's all about the it's all about the kids getting sorting it's, it out. Themselves. It's a subtly feminist book as well, which yeah. is important. And I think that benefits it as well because the, there aren't many men in this book at all. No, no. And it doesn't suffer for that. And it kind of kind of makes a point, really. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would love. Um, we might we might start doing this for trade offs. Um, yeah, it depends. But I would love to see this in a. TV show. It might be a question we ask at the end, like, would you want to see this as a TV show or film? Maybe. Maybe. But I wouldn't mind seeing this as a TV show. The only thing... I think it would work. I would worry about is people saying, oh, it's Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. But with the time travel element, it could work. And then with fans of the book going, actually, this was a book before Stranger Things. And it might just, you know, there's long waits for seasons now for, like, shows like Stranger Things. So something that, like, you know, breaks it up and, like, you still get that sort of vibe. I'm all for it. And more comic book stuff. Well up for it. Indeed. It's kind of cool as well, because um, Stranger Things now has comics, and that's written that's written by... Um, oh, what is her name? This is going to bother me. Jodie Hauser. They were and good she, comics as well, from she, what we read. Yeah, um, and she's a very important person, I feel, in, fem- in female representation in comics, and she is going to be um, a part of... One of her books is going to be a part of... Traders trade off this month, which I'm very excited about, but I'm not going to talk about it just yet. But we want to know your thoughts on this trade. Um, if you've checked it out, want to know you, again your thoughts on the book. How many trades have you read of it? Have you read it all? Are you still <coughs> are you still collecting it on single issues? If you've not checked it out and you've heard our thoughts, do you want to check it out now? You're like, oh, okay, okay, I can dig this sort of like a Stranger Things but different take. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, we want to know. Um, we've got a nice, cool little link. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, we've got a cool link that you can click on and sort of it'll lead you onto Amazon and it just shows you all that. It's pretty sweet. But yeah, let us know. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube comments below. We'll ignore Tumblr for this one. We've said it. We've said enough about Tumblr for now. But now we're heading over to songs and sponsors, and it's a very special segment. Yeah, this is the Something Old, Something New section, where I play something we've already played on the show previously and something we haven't. And completely unapologetically, I'm going to play two Prodigy tracks. I just want to say very briefly... I, I, I've seen The Prodigy. I'm very, very fortunate that I've seen them quite a lot of times. In fact, I was at their legendary concert at uh, the Glastonbury in 1997. I remember it vividly. I went through a weekend of hideous, hideous mud and feeling like the <laughs> dirtiest I've ever felt just to go and see The Prodigy. That's dedication because and you do like being clean. I do. And they were fantastic. I um, I, 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 I couldn't do it justice by even trying to explain it. But it was the weekend that Fat of the Land came out on the Monday. 
And so I saw them live on the Friday. They played songs I'd never heard before because they were coming out on this new album. And I arrived back in back home, Wolverhampton, where I'm from, having not had a shower for five days. I smelt, <laughs> I was dirty, I had my backpack with me, and it was a ten-minute walk to the HMV from the coach station. And I was damned if I wasn't going home <laughs> with my last tenner that I'd saved from Glastonbury. I was damned if I wasn't going to HMV and getting fat of the land. And my my first ever Glastonbury sh- apre Glastonbury shower, I got my portable CD player with a little little speakers Ooh. with the fat of the land on. And again, it's just, that's just one of my memories about how much the prodigy means to me and how I just they've they've been a part of my life. Unfortunately, neither of these tracks are from the Fat of the Land. <laughs> but um, I just played an honourable mention. I played that earlier with the Matrix. I probably should have thought about that, doing it better than that. But um, we've got Kickass uh, had Omen on it, so that's up first. And the Jessica Jones trailer had The Day Is My Enemy. So Omen and The Day Is My Energy. Emin Enemy. <laughs>
stories for the weak amongst you. As Margin slowly unwrapped the heavy, warm parcel, the aroma became overpowering. He was now starting to salivate and could hold back no longer. He bit into the golden batter and winced with joy as his teeth sank into the firm, white flesh. Haddock, the fish of kings. He had chosen well. He then turned to the chips, their fluffy potato calling to him from beneath their tanned, vinegar-moist jackets. Martin feverishly scooped a handful into his mouth, and he laughed. Oh, how he laughed. The end. Diet Tango. You need it because you're weak. Diet Tango does not allow you to eat willy-nilly. Hi, this is Mark, one of your co-hosts for Geek of the Week on Fab Radio. When I'm not reading comics or talking about comics on the radio, I'm a humanist wedding celebrant. Humanists are people who don't have any religious faith and live life ethically, logically and to the absolute full because we believe that this is the only life we have. A celebrant is someone who can perform a non-religious wedding ceremony. I am accredited by Humanism UK and specialise in writing and presenting bespoke wedding ceremonies to suit any couple. If you want a completely unique wedding tailored to you and your partner that will make your special day even more perfect, then a humanist ceremony conducted by me is what you're looking for. I can cater for any ceremony that you might want, from a traditional style, to a wedding on a clifftop, to a wedding as far out and geeky as you can possibly imagine. For more information, visit my website, humanist.org.uk forward slash Mark Adams or email me on mark.adams at humanistceremonies.org.uk Quote Geek of the Week FAB for a 10% discount on my usual fee. Music by audionautics.com This is Fab Radio International Hey, look alive! Everything lights up, makes you want to shout. Talk about happiness, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nobody won't bring you happiness, but we know we will. Come on now, smile, get happy, yeah.
Welcome back to Geek of the Week here on Fab Radio, the most listened to independent online station in Europe. That was Omen and The Day Is My Enemy, both by The Prodigy. Okay, who's excited because we're on the fourth segment of the show and it's always sort of, it's always something different. It's the always, random section. We're always bringing something new to the plate. Well, until we stop bringing stuff new to the plate and start repeating the ones we've uh, and which we've done we will. and come back to, which is going to happen. Don't worry. In fact, I'm going to say this now because I meant to say it at Trade Off but completely forgot because <laughs> it sort of works with Trade Off. So we're going to do another uh, messages from the multiverse, and it's going to be based off the last one, basically. And it's going to be, again, sort of aligning with trade-off. If you were to give anyone who's starting in comics or a friend a trade, which trade would it be? Mark and I, when we said it, I think you said Ascent, a Descender. Yes. And I said Ultimate Spider-Man, if they're into Spider-Man. And I'm also going to say, if they just want to get into, like, the... If they watch a load of the MCU and they just want to get into the comic side of things, I'd say Civil War. That was my first trade that I got into. That'd be mine. We want to know um, your fellow geeks. So we're going to put polls out all over and everywhere we can. And we're going to put some of your responses on here. And that'll be on a future uh, Messages of the Multiverse. But we'll let you guys know when that one's going to be yeah, we'll, on. So you can listen in and be like, hey, that's me. That's, it that's probably that. won't be next week because we have got something. If everything goes to plan, we've got yeah, something yeah. very, I mean, very exciting We've got a lot, lot of segments um, lined up. I just wanted to get that in there so we can sort of start getting those messages rolling yeah. and start leaving them. Now, this segment is something new on the show. It's, uh, it's a little bit like messages from the multiverse because I have got some stuff get from my friends on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the plan was we're going to try and start hashtag hashtag fancast Friday, but then we realised, oh, we, we need something for this fourth segment. So we kind of like had to do it very quickly before Friday could happen for the hashtag and fancast Friday. So basically, this segment is fancasting. It's a if you if you if you're a part of certain areas of the internet, you know fancastings are a big thing, and it's something I wouldn't uh, thought we'd do on the show. But I thought, why not? You know, we've got that extra bit of time. We're going to start doing a bit of fu- in fancasting. I think my choices are a bit odd. Should we go through? So the, I'll the, say the, what the, the I'll say what ones I'll say first. what we're fancasting. Yeah. So we're fancasting the Fantastic Four with them coming into the MCU with the Disney merger with Disney and Fox. Well. Merger, Disney buying Fox, Disney taking it. Taking uh, over the world. We're going to talk about the Fantastic Four. And, yeah, do you want to go go on with... Because uh, you got a lot of social interactions well, I, with I, yours. Because you were a bit, oh, fan casting. Yeah, I, I panicked on Facebook and Twitter. I was like, I, I've got no idea. And so um, Jacob, who used to present this show with you in Aberystwyth, he helped me out. And he told me the, the, four, four, the four that are... Typical go-tos. Well, the ones that are predicted more than anything else. So we've got John Krasnicki, which I've probably pronounced wrong, as Mr. John Krasinski. Yeah, him. From The Office. Yeah, as Mr. Fantastic. Emily Blunt as Invisible Woman. His wife in real life. Zac Efron as The Human Torch. And Tom Hopper as The Thing. Mm. Tom Um, Hopper, Luther, just from The Umbrella Academy. That's right, yeah. And I... I'd be happy with those. I, mean, I don't know the John been... Kr- Krasinski. Him. Him. So basically, 
No, we'll talk about that more later on. Okay. He's uh, he, he's mostly known for The Office. Um, he's like plays this Dwight character, a comedic character. But he's recently um, been doing a load more um, non-comedic films. He's been Jack Ryan in the Amazon TV series. He did The Quiet Place, which was a big movie. He directed so it as a, well. Yeah, he's a Emily, big deal, yeah. With Emily Blunt. And the thing is, with that is, him and Emily Blunt are married, and they're an incredible couple. They're one of those Hollywood couples that make you believe in love. Um, so it would really be nice if they were, you know, played married characters together. It'd be horrible if there was an actual divorce in real life, but... Mm. I like to stay optimistic here and think that's not going to happen. So that's, ba- I think that's the big basis of them. And there's loads of images of them. I'm going to love editing this because there's just going to be so many images already there for me. But every everyone's been talking about them. Let's talk about our choices and then maybe ah. some of the ones that other people said to me as well. Go on, let's so see yours. who have you got for Mr. Fantastic? Well, I want to go through... The way I've done this is I've done a first, a second... <laughs> And then I put like stoner slash late night comedy uh, just for a wow, bit. Wow, I got one for each. Bit, shall I, shall I, I go done first? A bit, I've done a bit of whack. Yeah, I'll let you go first if you fan casting. Right. So for Mr. Fantastic, I went for Gareth David Lloyd, who played Yanto in uh, Torchwood, because he's a great actor, underrated, and fit. Um, <laughs> Key characteristics. So um, for The Invisible Woman, I went for Eliza Dushku, um, who is the right age now, but she played Faith in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and she is a great actor and she's fit um, for the thing getting a theme here actually actually no for, for, for the Human Torch I went for Matthew Lewis who played Neville Longbottom in uh, oh yeah, yeah. Nice. in um, Harry Potter in Harry Potter and he is now like in his 20s and now is and he's fit <laughs> um, finally not my type at all but I love him I've gone for John Cena as, as the thing ben, as, ben. as Ben Grimm. I think he'd do. I think he'd be a great Ben Grimm. I, I just. I think he'd be brilliant. I think he'd be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. brilliant. Uh, my, I think my choices were a bit more themed, shallow. Themed, than themed around fitness and not uh, necessarily. It's funny as well. Fitness. It's funny with fan castings because sometimes they're based off taste and what you've watched. And a lot of the stuff you mentioned, like Buffy and stuff like that, is like. Oh yeah, these are all like and tortured. It's like you're a big Doctor Who and yeah, uh, yeah. Buffy fan, so it's like it's you can see your own personal thing. Honorable in mention it. to Michael C. Hall for Mister Fantastic. He's perhaps a smidge too old now, yeah, but he's an incredible actor, and he's fit. <laughs> key, key. <there. laughs> so I'm gonna. So basically, my first and second. If you ever apply for university uh, um, in the UK, you have a firm and an insurance. So that's what mine are going to be. Oh, okay, my, right. My, yeah. my first is like what I want. My second's like I'll be okay with this. So for Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, I've gone. I've gone a bit basic here, guys. I've gone for John Krasinski because you know, I I'm always on the internet and just seeing these images and just seeing him and Emily Blunt are so keen for it. He auditioned for Captain America. I'd love for him to get a superhero film. He's doing so much great stuff now. That would be cool. For my reserve, uh, insurance, sorry, I put Hugh Laurie from uh, Hugh Doctor. Laurie. From um, House. From Doctor. Or, or from, and from a bit, a Stuart bit of Brian Laurie. Stuart Little as well. <laughs> and st- don't Stuart Little. <laughs> I always had Stuart Little in my head. But I feel like that arrogance he brings to House would be perfect for Reed Richards because Reed Richards is very arrogant and thinks he's always right. And you know what? Sometimes Reed, you're not. He's a smidge older like Michael C. Hall, but he, I still think he I could think work it, for sure. He could work, yeah. Um, and then for my stoner late-night comedy one... Uh, <laughs> 
No, I'm, I'm going to lead them all to the end, actually. I'm going to lead them all to the end. They're, they're to be built up to. Now, for Johnny Storm, I've been umming and ahhing between these two, which is my firm, which is my insurance. But there's this actor called Harrison Osterfield. And a lot of you might be like, who is that? He's best friends with Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man. For goodness sake. And the thing is, I really want to see, with Johnny Storm, I want to see that friendship between Spidey, Human Torch, and Iceman. So the thing is, if he doesn't get Johnny Storm, I'd be happy for him to get Iceman. The guy's, the guy's an incredible actor. He went to the same acting school as Tom Holland. I had to Google his second name because I was like, it's Harrison, but what's his actual second name? Um, so it would be great. And they already have that dynamic there. They've already always got great bants on the social media. So I would um, dig that. And so, so maybe I should play Mr. Fantastic and you should play the Human Torch. Yeah, there we go. That's, there, our, game. that's, our, way, that's our way. We're the right age for both of those, right? <laughs> yeah. And the second one is, I am definitely going to butcher this guy's name. Australian-Canadian actor. He was the Red Ranger. He was also in Stranger Things Season 2, um, The Horrible Boyfriend. Say, so you've got the picture in your head now. Now prepare for me to absolutely tarnish his name. It's Darrell Montegree, maybe? Never heard of him. But or at least never heard no, of him the way you pronounce it. No, but that's it. the thing. Do you remember watching Power Rangers? He played the Red Ranger. The original Power Rangers? No, no. No, the recent one. Oh, the film. So Power again, Rangers. he's like the, he's that young um, okay, age. Right, right, he right. played like a teenage... Um, he played basically a, a Richard Head in Stranger Things. He <laughs> right, was not okay. a very nice brother. But I can totally see him... Um, portraying the brash and cockiness of Johnny Storm. You, we talked about Zac Efron being the big uh, thing. This guy looks so much like Zac Efron. He's sort of been harshly, in a way, been it's called discount Zac Efron. But, oh, he's an, but he's an incredible actor on his own feet. Like his portrayal in Stranger Things was excellent. Like you really hated him, and there was already a bully from Stranger Things season one who we you know they wanted to get the audience to like and how did they do that by bringing this guy in and making him an even bigger bully and a bigger nuisance so yeah I'm to, like I'm start. the more and more I think about it the more and more I'll be happy if he was human if he gets human torch and then Harrison can get Iceman just as long as we get to see that friendship dynamic between them and for Ben Grimm we've got the Stranger Things connection here David Harbour guy who's currently playing Hellboy but that okay. can, it can still can work, work you know they all do different uh, superhero stuff um, and I think what really turned me on to thinking of him was uh, the Hellboy trailer. I thought he was really good in okay. you know embodying it, and I could see him doing the thing. And also, he's got that Ben Grimm sense of humour. It was just like, oh, like, it, it, yeah. It shows a lot in Stranger Things, especially with his relationship with Eleven. That sort of humour. Uh, now, honourable mention to Terry Crews because I saw this going <laughs> about, and I thought that would be brilliant. But I want to see Terry Crews. I want to see Terry Crews in the MCU, but maybe something different. Um, so my insurance is Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. He was the cop who's constantly after um, oh, yeah, yeah, Brian Cranston's yeah. character. He's like, they're called minerals. But he looks rocks. a lot like Michael Chiglis who played exactly. um, and I think Ben Grimm in the... That was, that was my thought process. The original one. He looks like Ben Grimm. I can see him doing the... Uh, I can't see him really doing some of the comedic chops that I imagine the MCU would have. And again, it's that age thing. So maybe He's a little old. Maybe David Hart. That may, that's why David Harbour's up there. Sue Storm mentioned it before. It's going to be Emily Blunt. Uh, <laughs> Emily Blunt again. She auditioned for Captain Marvel. Uh, missed out to Brie Larson. So it'd be great to see her in a superhero role. Now this second one, I was so in, like, 
um, fixated on Emily Blunt and Sue Storm. I didn't really have an insurance until very recently. I Googled, and then I was like, I saw this, and I was like, yes! Almost to the point where it almost became my first choice. But it's Jalen Jacobs from Community Fame. Oh, right, um, okay. Again, there's that community relationship with the Russo brothers, which I think would be epic. And also, she's an inc- she's just an incredible uh, incredible actress. Like, I adore community. And the, the journey Britta went on from being, like, the main love interest to just being, like, this crazy, wacky uh, character. I sort of enjoyed that. And f- for you, Mark, she's quite attractive. Is she now? <laughs> yeah. Now, we, we are now, completely running you, out of Wait, time. wait, wait. Because now it's time for my stoner oh, late night. Oh, me! We've got like two late night comedy team. So for Reed Richards, James Franco. Right. For Johnny Storm, Zac Efron. Right. For Ben Grimm, Seth Rogen. He's right. Jewish and can do the. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then for Sue Storm, Kate McKillen from the Ghost, recent Ghostbusters movies. Now I, I see, see that, that. I see this as sort of like uh, what for, what film is it? You know, Pineapple Express sort of thing. You know, James Franco, Seth Rogen's. Now we haven't mentioned this yet, but for Doom. I'm going to have Channing Tatum with Jonah Hill as either another villain like Mole Man or have them both as like Galactus and Silver Surfer. I didn't have a Doom. I also forgot Doom. Michael Fassbender for my um, firm. He, you know, he's going to come He's going to come straight from Magneto into this. Michael B. Jordan's just done it, gone from a Fox film to an MCU film. I think it can work. Second one, I did put John Hamm, but I think he's going to be doing Batman, so I reckon more there. Javier Bardem. From um, Skyfall. Yeah, someone, a friend of mine, Dave Roberts, suggested Doom. him for Doom. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah. But <laughs> I'm sort of hoping my firms get um, picked, but I would also be down to see this uh, stoner late night comedy with James Franco <laughs> well, and Seth, Ro- Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, and Kate McKillen going against Janet Tate and Jonah Hill. <laughs> when, well, <laughs> when I talked about John Cena playing the thing, um, various friends suggested that he would be good for Mr. Fantastic and one Andrew Southern even, even suggested hell he's John Cena he should play the invisible woman exactly yeah because you, you can't, can't see, see him. him and that oh. is about as much time as we've got for the show <laughs> thank you for listening everybody we've had a fab time we hope you have too see you next week great Scott it's been almost an hour what the devil are they doing rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes registering my disgust throughout the world thanks for listening to Geek of the Week be sure to tune in next week same geek time same geek channel and if you want to follow us on social media it's at GOTW Radio on Twitter search for Geek of the Week radio show on Facebook and to listen again it's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Geek of the Week radio show Robot guard. Uh, anyone remember how to do that? Yo, that's my speciality. I'm on it. <laughs> you about to be taken out, fool. Baby, come to my house. What's that smell in the air? Come on to the kitchen. Got something really, really. Special up in there. That shows you how much I care. For you That's right, baby. You enjoy yourself with them shrimps and prime rib. Dang. Beastie is totally taking that robot out. A 
special meal for a special robot. <laughs> My man made those good shrimps and prime rib. Booyah! Want more Teen Titans Go videos? Well, what are you waiting for? Hit subscribe now.